It is Tuesday, May 28th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and we are back home at PNC Field. The Rail Riders wrapped up a four-game series in Syracuse, looking for a four-game sweep, and they fell just short. But they had the early lead, and we'll dive into the highlights. Rail Riders got a run in the first inning and traded a run with Syracuse in the bottom half. So it was 1-1 going into the second. It was still 1-1 going into the third. And the Rail Riders' bats came alive. There was a man aboard with one out for Logan Morrison. Three balls, two strikes, one out. The runner goes. The pitch is a swing and a ball crushed in the air to right center field. It's gone. That sweet stroke of Logan Morrison has reared its head. Two years ago, he had 39 homers up in the big leagues. An off year a year ago. And he's got four homers over his last six games. And Scranton Wilkes-Barre leads 3-1. Next batter up was Trey Ambergy. He reached. Batter after that was Brad Miller. Now, I don't think this is the last homer we're seeing here today. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball right field by Miller. This is gone. Didn't have to wait very long at all for that next homer in this game. Second two-run homer of the inning. The error immediately coming back to haunt Syracuse. And the Rail Riders' lead is 5-1. So a 5-1 lead for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. And Sunday, the Rail Riders saw their 5-0 lead disappear as Syracuse went on to score five runs in the bottom of the third inning. Well, they did it again. Another five spot in the bottom of the third. Six straight two-out hits for Syracuse marking the rally. The rally that was capped by this single from David Thompson. Outfield plays back with the wind blowing out. The pitch to Thompson, a swing and a flare and back of first base. This is trouble. Ambergy charges in, it drops down. Two runs score and Syracuse has taken a lead with five runs in the bottom of the third. Six straight two out hits off of Randall Delgado. That put Syracuse ahead for good with a 6-5 lead. But it was still a one-run game as the Rail Riders batted in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and even the seventh, and they just couldn't tie or take the lead. And so by the bottom of the seventh, the game was still 6-5 in favor of the Mets until Rene Rivera decided to change that. No balls in a strike. The pitch home. Swing and a line drive right field by Rivera. Ambergy heads back at the track. He turns around. It's gone. Rivera rides one into the wind out to right field. And Syracuse, a three-run lead, their largest of the day. It's 8-5. Syracuse added a run in the bottom of the eighth, made it 9-5, and that was the final score. But building on what we heard from Sunday's game, there were some fireworks still to be had in the ninth inning of this one. After a scoreless inning on 21 pitches from Archimedes Caminero, he came out for a second inning. And the leadoff man in the inning was Mike Ford, the very same guy that homered off of Caminero on Sunday and the one whose home run prompted a benches-clearing situation the night before. Here's the windup and pitch to Ford. Inside, near his head, he's been tossed. Caminero incited a brawl yesterday between the Rail Riders and the Mets. And Mike Ford is pointing at his hip, saying, throw it my backside, don't throw it my head. All the rail riders are out. Caminero comes up and in on Ford. 
the guy who homered off him yesterday, Caminero, hits Bravik Valera between the shoulder blades last night. And on the first pitch, the first pitch the next day, going head-to-head -head against one another, he comes high and tight and Ford has to hit the deck. That is inexcusable baseball. And I can't wait to see the suspension handed down from the league president after that. And that was handled really well by Mike Ford, by both teams. Ford comes out, takes a step out of the batter's box, and points at his rear end to say, hit me here, don't throw at my head. Needless to say, some increased discipline will be handed down from the league office for Caminero and... We still do expect discipline to be handed down from the night before with Danny Espinosa and Logan Morrison being ejected as well. The game took exactly three hours to complete on Memorial Day Monday when better than 5,000 fans showed up in Syracuse. Before the game, we had the opportunity to chat with the producer of Yes Network's homegrown series. They were on the road following the team to Syracuse during their third season following the Rail Riders. And with Blake Shear ever generous with her time, wanted to know what has been different for her in season three compared to years one and two. You thought that it would be hard, you know, mm -hmm. coming into the season and not knowing that many people are trying to come up with new storylines. Mm -hmm. But, nope, as always, the players have been wonderful. Whole new cast of characters with some of the right people you've gotten to know. But it's sort of each season evolves. And where two years ago, Mike Ford was just someone yeah. is part of the infield. Now he's one of the stars who got his first major league call up. Or Joe Harvey, who you saw partially last season, really came in and surprised everyone and made it to the big league. So each season is something different. And as always, there's new guys coming up within the organization who you're excited about. People that are listening to this will have seen a couple of episodes that have already aired. You mentioned Joe Harvey, Mike Ford. There's footage of them out in San Francisco. So from a behind-the-scenes perspective, how do you coordinate that to make it look so seamless, even though I don't think you went out to San Francisco on a working vacation? So I was going out to San Francisco to field produce for the team to do, bring Meredith Morakovitz out into McCovey's Cove. And it was coincidence that those two guys were still with the team. And I was like, hey texted them they're always great and give me their numbers so we're able to coordinate things i was like hey do you have like five minutes before you go to a game and they're like we'll love to and so literally that shoot was 15 minutes right before they walked into the ballpark and it was super simple how does the editing process go how much of what we see is part of the greater hours and hours of filming that actually takes place each episode is about three days with the team all depending on timing and schedule wise but it's three days and it's about 20 i would say 15 to 20 hours of footage all together with all these tidbits and i go through everything in the office and it's sort of just the story tells itself you really don't have to do much most times i don't walk into things planned just because it's baseball, just like everyone knows. Time, weather, people getting called up, called down. So it's just super easy. And like I said, the story just tells itself. These guys' lives are interesting and fans want to see it. And I was a fan, so this is what I would want to say. Blake Shear, producer for Homegrown in its third season, covering the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders and the guys heading up to the big leagues. You mentioned the familiar faces with Kill Kosho. Even yesterday, Brady Lill gets added back to the roster. Uh, Zach Zaner is somebody that's been on a bunch. Who are some of the new guys that have been exciting that you didn't know anything about, you had never interacted before, but are people that have been pretty good to, to put on TV? 
This year I've been most excited and like unexpectedly excited of getting to know Gosuke Kato. And he's not with the team now, but Mandy Alvarez was a pleasure. Those guys came in with so much energy and just excitement surrounding them. And they were just excited to be here and learn. And so those are some of the best moments is just seeing with these guys with the coaches and learning. And those were two guys that were great and had a great relationship with Jay. So they're all really comfortable together. You mentioned Jay Bell, and now this is year three for you. It's been three different managers over three different years. So how has that dynamic changed what you guys try to do in the clubhouse? We've been so fortunate that each manager has really sort of embraced us. And it's not really a familiar place to have cameras in a clubhouse, but each manager has been wonderful and accepting and getting to know these guys just like they get to know me. So it's just getting to know Jay and the rest of the staff. Having Doug and Tommy and Phil and returning coaches really helps the manager really helps the manager trust me, but I can't ask for anything more. Jay's been great this season. Blake Shear, our guest here on the pregame show. We're talking about homegrown in terms of what it means for the New York Yankees, but this past year there was an opportunity to dive into the Brooklyn Nets with that Yes Network relationship. So how did that go on the minor league side of professional basketball this year? Well, it was wonderful. Our head of Yes Network, John J. Filippelli, always wanted to make a brand out of homegrown and an opportunity came with our other partners the Brooklyn Nets to cover their G League and it was such a unique experience and baseball players and basketball players are similar but so different it was really great to see that and I traveled with the Brooklyn Nets for a few years so that was great to be able to show that organization and how wonderful they are to the fans. When I think about baseball versus basketball, the number one difference in terms of the team, the roster size, you're working with so many fewer guys and so many fewer faces that over the course of a baseball season, you have 40, 50, 60 guys to pull stories from. How did it go from a storytelling perspective when you didn't necessarily have that revolving door of a roster? Well, we were fortunate enough that the Nets really relied on their G League team a lot. So we got two call-ups, which is something we weren't anticipating at all. And then our two-way players, Alan Williams and Theo Pinson, were really great. And all these guys had a unique story. They were all huge stars in college. So this was, you know, this is gravy telling those stories. They all had something, if not one or two stories to tell. And they were just so welcoming to the cameras. That's going to do it for us today. Again, the Rail Riders return home tonight for the first of six straight games at PNC Field. Three against Rochester, three against Lehigh Valley. It's right-hander Brody Kerner getting the start tonight for Scranton Wilkesbury. You can catch all the action with Adam, Marco, and me on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R. D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.